everybody. Welcome to the Soulful Eclectic. I'm your host, Diana Collins, and I have my co-host, who is Ona uh, Mills, with me as well. And um, we're doing an outside interview today, so if you guys get any background noise, I do apologize, but um, it's such a nice day. Why not be outside and enjoy God's uh, creation, right, and listen to the birds and things of that such. So, um just wanted to give you that forewarning before we start in case you hear any uh, weird sounds. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much for joining us. I have my lovely, lovely young lady that's here with us in, um, I don't want to say, to tell her story, right? To tell her story of domestic violence that she witnessed and has been living with and is growing and journeying and becoming this this whole strong woman behind it and as I always say with everything that we do the journey never ends in one spot we keep building on it and building on it and and there's layers like there's layers to us as human beings but Tia Smith how are you I'm great awesome and, and thank you for having me as well you're welcome I appreciate this you're welcome guys she is gorgeous wait till you see her picture oh my gosh <laughs> thank you you're welcome <laughs> so you know honestly just tell me a little bit about you yes ma'am so basically my name is Tia Smith I'm 39 years old I have three children one biological and two stepchildren mm -hmm. um, I was originally working for Bank of America for 18 years, mm -hmm. um, and then I was laid off, and then now I'm at a stay-at-home mom, oh. and um, that's pretty much all about <laughs> me, really. Nothing uh, exciting. <laughs> Everything about us is exciting. We're right, right. we're we're women. We're black women, mm -hmm. and you know what? We're exciting people. <laughs> we're just we we make excitement everywhere we go true. right that's true that's true <laughs> um so are you married i'm all? not married okay no not yet no. at least that's okay <laughs> that's okay um that's fine that's fine um so what you know what is it that makes you you um i would just say oh that's a tough question what makes me me just my personality. I'm very outgoing. Okay. Um, I am very loving. Um, I love people. I love to love. Okay. Um, and just my overall um, being, who I am, makes mm -hmm. me me. I, mean, I don't know if that makes any sense, mm -hmm. but just living in my life and being an overcomer and having strength. And these are things that I haven't always had so I'm proud to say that you know I love myself oh nice and I care about how I feel okay. and I understand that things that happen in my life is not my fault mm -hmm. and um it doesn't make me who I am hmm. so just learning to love myself and creating um, an atmosphere for other people to also feel that vibe as okay. well. Okay. So, overcoming. What have you had to overcome? What started that needing to overcome? Because, you know, we always have something well, that jumpstarts it. It started with my mother, you okay. know, um, 
I grew up in, well I, well, I can say I grew up in Oakland, California until I was about eight years old because that's when my mother um, was murdered when I was eight years old. So um, what started my overcome is actually just the, her being murdered, I guess. Okay. Um, for a long time, I felt like that was my fault or I could have helped hmm. or I, I just felt like I could have done something okay. and that weighed on me pretty much my whole life. Um, but as I get older and I understand life a little bit better and I understand that um, certain things are out of your control, um, that helps me to overcome. Mm -hmm. That helps me to want to be stronger. That helps me to um, just want to live different. Okay. So take me to that place that started it all you said your mom got was murdered yes so um, like I said I was eight years old um, me and my mother and my little brother who was two at the time um, we lived downtown Oakland uh, we lived in a hotel and uh, one morning um, actually it was night actually um, I woke up and I seen that the room was just tore up like someone had been fighting mm -hmm. the door was open and I can vaguely remember the commercials on, um, it was old commercial, the Jean commercial, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Ah, yes. Um, I forget. And I know it was Aretha Franklin <laughs> singing it um, yes. at the time. Yes, And um, so this is just me waking up. I see cocaine on the bed. The door is wide open. Mm -hmm. And I can vaguely hear my mom say, stop, Gary. Stop, Gary. That's enough. Stop, Gary. So I get up and I um, go outside in the hall because it's a hotel, mm -hmm. and I go to see what was what, what you know what my mom was screaming about, and I see her and her boyfriend fighting, and it was basically a physical fight, and all I can remember is it it was some broken glass, mm -hmm. and um, he picked up the piece of a, a glass big enough to stab her with. And um, he stabbed her all over her body, her head, her heart, her stomach. She was pregnant and uh, he killed the baby as well. Hmm. And um, at the time, I thought it was not real. Mm -hmm. I thought that it was a dream. Mm -hmm. And I could see my mom getting weaker and weaker and um, finally something came over me and I just started screaming and then he looked up at me as if I had just like took him out of this trance he was in mm -hmm. and I thought oh my god I'm next you know he's gonna kill me next not knowing if my mother was gonna live or not but as an eight-year-old child I just was so confused you know like what is happening like what is going on and I could hear my mom saying Tia go in the room like mm -hmm. she's out of breath Tia go back in the room I don't want you to see this Tia go back in the room so I just was screaming and screaming and people started coming out of the the hotel but they didn't want to get involved <laughs> and you can see them just open the door and close it mm -hmm. And then I don't know, my mom had enough energy to walk towards me. 
and she told me that she loved me and that to take care of my brother so she knew that she was going to die and um she came back in the room her head starts she starts spinning and then she fell down hit her head on the dresser if i can remember and she went into a seizure or something and boom mm. start pumping out of her mouth and all i know is everything was happening like in the blink of an eye like, I would blink, and then the ambulance would be there. I would blink, and then I would be at the police station. I would blink, and then I'm back at home. Mm -hmm. So everything happened so fast that um, it took a while for me to understand um, what was going on. But so when I, after all that happened, I had to go to the police station. They had to um, record me because I was in a, a minor, mm -hmm. um, and they were going to use this for when, you know, court or whatever and um, they asked me what happened I explained to them what happened that all I saw was they were fighting and then he picked up the glass and started stabbing her all over her body and that um, he never said one word he just dropped it and ran I could describe what he had on I can remember what he looked like I remember his first and last name because my mom was really big on um, knowing people's first and last name in case something happens mm -hmm. and so I went back to the police station and I told my story and um, at this time my mom was still alive and they say she stayed alive because she was um, on drugs and it was keeping her alive yeah. until the next day my aunt told me that my mom didn't make it and that the baby um, was stabbed in the head mm. and um from that day all my life changed. Yeah. Because I lost my best friend. I love my mom so much. And I still sometimes want to believe it's a dream. Because I never thought I could ever witness someone be murdered mm -hmm. in that way. And my mom. So the next day they told me she had passed. And then there was I was supposed to go to a uh, foster. Remember they were going to put us in a foster home, but my grandmother ended up getting in custody mm. of us temporarily. And then my uh, dad, he lived here when he found out my mother was murdered. He, um, my daddy was on drugs at that time, actually. And my grandmother actually got him out of the crack house, dressed him up, and they came to Arizona, I mean, to Oakland to get me. And um, that's how I ended up here in, in Arizona. Mm -hmm. um, then when I got here, my dad was on drugs, so I really didn't see him much. So I was kind of living in between my grandmother and my aunt. Mm -hmm. And um, then I began my journey in Arizona. And um, I had a lot of difficult times too. I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. um, I just felt lost. I had never, at least I don't remember, seeing my dad or my grandmother or my aunt. So I felt like I was like kind of thrown to strangers. Mm. And I was leaving like a vulnerable place to go with them. Mm -hmm. And I had to get to know them. And I just felt like, it didn't get better. 
you felt like you went from one fire to another fire. Yes. Right? Seeing that being that, growing up, not knowing your place, right? How does that, how did that affect you mentally? Right? I see it still affects you. It does. Um, it's affecting us. It's, it's kind of hard because I was so young when it happened. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of like lived life just being busy. Hmm. Being busy. Just making sure I'm always doing something so that I can't think about that anymore. I don't want to dream about that anymore. I want to be able to go to sleep. I want to sleep with my eyes closed, not open. You know, it took a long time to be able to close my eyes without seeing that. And where are you now? I would say I'm in a very good place because okay. even though I cry and I get emotional over telling the story, it is my therapy because I never took therapy for it. Kind of just got through this on my own and with the help of my family. So, I feel like I'm living how I should be. I feel like that my life is the way it should be. I feel like I don't think it could have went a different way. Just living life, having children of my own, which that affected me as well because I didn't have my first child until like four years ago. And it's because I never wanted children because I didn't want them to fill the void that I could. Right. And um, it's just, even in relationships, I've lost a lot of relationships because if you love me too hard, I shy away from it. I don't want you to love me to death. Mm. You want to be loved to live for life, right? So, with that, seeing you, being here with you, I'm going to speak honestly. Baby girl, you may deal with this. Alright? You have not dealt with this you put it listen to me you put it behind you and you just ran and you ran right and you just put everything else in the forefront so you didn't have to deal it's not done it's not and until you really sit down and deal with this and heal, it's going to keep it. It's going to keep going. And it's going to keep going. And everything, everything is going to open up once you sit down and you really start healing. The person who's meant to come in your life to stay is going to be there, right?
but it's not going to start until you really sit down. Because even though you think you've dealt with it, mm -mm, you haven't. You haven't even touched the surface of it. You survived. That's it. That's all you did was survive. Now, you're 40, 39. Now it's time for you to live. Yeah, and live for you and your, kids. and your babies. Because all they see is a shell. Tia, you're just showing them a shell. All right? For whatever the reason, God brought you here with us. You met that crazy woman for <laughs> some reason. Because <laughs> she crazy. We love her to death, but she crazy. Right? Which opened you up to us. We need you to love you. Yeah. You haven't. We need you to appreciate you and forgive yourself. That's big. And once you forgive yourself, you forgive your mama. Because I bet you haven't. You say on the surface you probably did, right? And you even have to forgive the person that killed her. And but yes. I do forgive him in a weird way. When he testified, he didn't even know what he had done. He was on drugs. On drugs. And he loved my mom. I never seen him fight or anything until this day. And they said he fainted when he showed him the pictures of what he had done. So I felt like he was remorseful. <laughs> and I felt like God gave him another chance because he didn't do it but six years. Pleaded insanity. And I feel like if God can give them another chance, so can I. And um, he has his own demons that he has to deal with. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I pray for him. I do. I pray for him because I don't really think no one wants to kill anyone. No. I believe something happens. Something triggers it. It's, it's, it's a up. mental thing. Mm -hmm. And so... I thought I was dealing with it, no. <laughs> and um, but I don't know. I'm sorry, I had to tell you that. Yeah. I People really have to understand that um, stuff happens spiritually, and people always never bring it to the forefront because they think that you know. Just because you don't see beyond the surface, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And when he blanked out, it's like something just took over, over his, him. His, mm -hmm. his body. You could tell that like, you could it see it in his eyes. Him. Mm -hmm. When I screamed, I can see it in his eyes. Like his People eyes were like. You really need to understand that domestic violence. have so many levels mm -hmm. and spiritually it's number one factor mental health mm -hmm. is the number one factor mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And you have to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, you haven't healed yet. Because if you did, you will allow people to love you. Mm-hmm. You will allow yourself to live your deserving life. And you haven't did that yet. And your kids mm-hmm. needs to know that it's okay to be loved and it's okay to be hurt because we're human but we have to learn to heal and we have to learn that it's not our fault what people put themselves through what people really need to understand and I hope thousands of people will listen to this interview that domestic violence is not just about hitting no right it's emotional. And it doesn't physically. start there. It's financially. Mm-hmm. It's mentally. It's you didn't even when you witness your mom get killed. You are emotionally attached to mm-hmm. domestic violence. And that is a big one yeah. that people fail to realize. I don't know when I, when you start, when you became my customer, and I told Diane this, I said, something just told me to inbox you, and I asked you, remember I asked you, I said, why are you always mind for your friends and your, your family? Like, girl, you ain't mind for yourself, and you was like, just read me then, and I'm like, I feel like the people that you have around you you're protecting them. You want them and constantly want them to know that you love them. Mm-hmm. But who is loving you? Right. Who is loving you? And when I asked you that, I'm an empath. And I'm just going into this. As Diane know, I just accepted this. And your spirit just, it just, God was just like, inbox her talk to her don't let her just be a customer talk to her and this is one thing about having a small business is that you can have Mm -hmm. one-on-ones with Mm -hmm. your customers Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever want to even own a store because I love having I think God is putting me in a position to use my business as opening doors for Mm -hmm. people that's been through domestic violence Mm -hmm. because I was a victim of domestic violence right and when he told me to inbox you, I knew I can see it through your pictures. I can see it through your pictures. Mm-hmm. I can see when you order for me that you care about everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but you not putting yourself you gotta take there care. in the in, in the front. Because you can't take care of other people if you're not okay. You have to be okay take care of other people mm-hmm. you come first no matter what what you've been through when you were 8 years old it's not your mom's fault it's not your fault it was something that happened that spiritually took over him and you have to start living for you people know that you love them girl I can tell cause you <laughs> I'm telling you, every time you order from me, like I talk about, she, she, she always order from herself. It never, never, she bought four lipsticks, y'all, for her friends. 
I just want you to know that I told Diane, I told everybody about you. I was like, I really want to connect with you because you were just drawing to me. Like, and I told Diane when I first did an interview because she was my customer, now she's my sister. She's talking about crazy, but anyway, um, mm. she made me bring out truthful things about myself in my interview that I didn't want to accept as an empath because being an empath, you have to separate your feelings away from other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I started getting close to you, I felt your anxiety. And I thought it was me. I would tell my husband, like, why am I, like, I'm heavy when I would talk to you. And my mom would say, it's not you. Right. It's her. It's her. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I told my mom, I said, but mom, she never buys for herself. She said, because only she's scared mm-hmm. that somebody else is going to leave her. So she has to show her love. Mm-hmm. And then I told Diana, I said, we have to get her an interview. You have to put yourself first. So, how can we start you on that journey? Because I thought I was fine. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say something? Sure. I'm not. No, you're fine. I have a you're, I'm you're the same on. thing, but in so many aspects, listening to that part of your story, I was you. And you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-mm. I grew up taking care of everybody else everybody else and when I went through this guess where they were nowhere to be found you gotta make sure you take care of you and with this journey because it's so close to you it's gonna be scary Mm -hmm. but you gotta deal with it Mm -hmm. because if you don't deal with it you won't be able to move past it right because like Diane said it was bad enough to the point where you blocked it and then you just went you just went full full speed ahead but you never actually took the time to deal with it and heal and if you don't heal you won't be able to be at your best for mm-hmm. you for your babies or for anybody else no. so you gotta take time to step back and breathe for one and then figure out what it is that you need mm-hmm. so that you can start that journey and part of that is being around people like us and one thing I can tell you about us is if you come in contact with us and we support you we're not going to drop you no if you pick up the phone and call her she's going to be there if you pick up and call me I'm going to be there if you pick up and call Diane she's going to be there so going forward know that when you start this journey and you start moving forward you don't have to do it you are not alone Have you told your boyfriend, um, the one for your boyfriend now, did he know? I think it's, so I, I said this in all my interviews, I think it's so important that um, when you're in a relationship with somebody that they know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he knows. And how does he feel 
sad. How long have y'all been together? Six years. Okay. You keep up. Yeah. yeah. I can feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, he, he loves you. Sad. He hates that I had to go through it. Um, you can tell he treats me different because of it. A little, mm-hmm. a little bit more care. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. That's important. That's important. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so what I, okay, one thing about me that I, everybody here knows, I'm a nurse practitioner. I deal with health, mental, physical, all of it. Um, before you make any big commitments, you've been together six years, right? You guys both separately and yes, together. Yeah need to see someone, all right? Because this is gonna be a journey for you. There are gonna be so many layers to this. There are gonna be so many roller coaster rides and you both need that support, right? You both need the tools that you're gonna need to handle. He's gonna need a tool to handle your outburst. You're gonna need a tool how to deal with it when you have an outburst. Because it will happen if it hasn't happened already. Mm, what would you consider an outburst? Um, can you see her? Can you see her having an outburst? Look at her life. She probably yeah, shunned it yeah, back. I don't really have Girl. And a lot of my cries and stuff is alone. Mm-hmm. So she's she not isolated. Yeah. She's in. All of it is internal. Yeah. You're going to break. And I think you were met us all before you got to that point. Because just sitting here talking to you, I can feel mm-hmm. all that hurt that you got bottled up in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I can say what I said to you. So... With that, okay. We're, as Sabrina said, going to be here on your six. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> we got your back. Appreciate it. All right. Mm-hmm. And we don't say things lightheartedly. Right. We are women of truth. Yeah, and we had so many people in my circle, girl. Yes, that is so true. <laughs> we just right. had that talk. Yes. Okay. And we stand by yeah. our word. Absolutely. I met this one on the side of the road. Because <laughs> <laughs> she, she didn't cheat. I met her on the side of the road. She had a flat tire, all that kind of stuff. You know. That was just a couple of weeks ago. But it's an example. Right. Yeah, she, right? she came. She had just pulled up. I said, Diana, I'm on my way. She's like, I'm on my way. And she stayed yep. until somebody came to pick me up. And then this one came. I'm glad you did. Because I was like, um, she <laughs> said, I'm going to call you back in just a minute. She didn't call back. Um, you good? <laughs> did y'all get a tire? Did you? <laughs> no, that's when you finally texted me back later and was like, damn, I ain't So this is way. our life. Okay. This is our life. <laughs> All right. No. I'm so, the late one. We love each other. We love each other. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm a late person too. I got two late people. Love help me. You and me both. I was almost on time today. If Kevin almost don't count. Thank you. Almost don't count. What that song say? Ninety nine and a half. Just won't do. Just won't do. Don't do me. But we want you to start that self care journey. Absolutely. Okay. And we want you to have smiles and 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 feelings of peace that is genuine, yes. not something that you just put on for other people to see. There's a difference. You will oh, feel yeah. so much better. It'll be like a weight lifted off. It of you. would. And people are gonna see another part of you mm-hmm. that they've never seen. They're gonna say, Oh my god. You're smiling with your eyes. Mm-hmm. You're glowing. Okay? But it starts with you getting that help, clearing all that baggage to make room for you to heal. All right? Self-care is not selfish. And you can't Absolutely keep... Absolutely not. Okay? I say that all the time. And, and you people will tell you that. Oh, yeah. They're gonna say I've heard it many a times on my journey. Way, when you start showing up for you... Mm-hmm. They're not going to understand that you're showing it's not, up for you it's because not the it's not norm. about them. It's, it's about you, norm. right? It's about you. I it's have about lost many you. Friends. Ooh, me I too. Many friends, and I don't care. And you that can part. say no. <laughs> Ooh, I'm it the is queen absolutely of okay. not saying no. I've said yes to everything. Been so tired. Been in places, sitting yes, there looking Lord. in people's faces, tired as God knows what. But I said yes, and I'm gonna be here, yep, Lord. I'm I gonna be here because I gave my word, <laughs> and I'm a woman of my word. And I gave yep. my word. I'm gonna be here. Yes. It's okay to say no. It is. And it's okay for people to be mad at you. <laughs> yeah, you that part. They'll get over it. Mm-hmm. And if they but don't, that's okay too. That's right. all right. But you have to be okay with that. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay with that. So we're going to help you, okay? We said we're going to be here. We said you're part of your journey. We, you have all our information, so you know where to find us, right? Yes, ma'am. So what we didn't get to broadcast was that uh, Ona was able to gain support from those of us who are supporters of Glam Gloss Kiss, those of us who are customers of Glam Gloss Kiss, and we sponsored, helped Ona sponsor Tia, um, with this beautiful basket, Tia was able to also have a spa day. And in this basket were uh, gifts from other people who sponsored uh, bracelets, necklaces, and all these things to help with her self-care journey. And um, the other thing was that we know Tia's spirit and how giving she is. So we sp- also, all of us sponsors, pitched in and helped sponsor Ona so Ona can join her for her spa day to make sure that she uses it for herself, right? Um, we talk about self-care and those of us who all who are always giving, 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 we're the last to care for ourselves. So knowing the spirit of Tia, we said, nope, we're going to jumpstart this. We're going to give her this basket. We're going to support her and Ona was like nope we're gonna just make sure she uses it for herself so you know we all chimed in and and this is what happened so when we say that we are you are part of our sisterhood and our tribe we mean it and we own it and we are more than delighted to help 
jumpstart your self-care journey and your healing journey. So with that, I want to close out and say thank you to Ona for being my co-host for this interview and many others. And also thank you to Sabrina. Uh, Thank you for staying, you know, and being that support because that sisterhood, that's like one giant hug that just doesn't go away. So I want to thank you for staying also and chiming in. Um, it, It turned into a love session, a healing session that I hope helps Tia further her journey on herself. You know, yes, she has her family, but as I always say, we can't give from an empty well. So we have to start with filling our well for ourselves so that we can continue to shed light and healing on others. Also, um, on that, I want to just say this has been quite the journey. And yes, we've opened, opened up some wounds and probably had some triggers set. And with that, I want to always say we always have to seek counseling because sometimes when we think we've dealt with things, we really haven't. And it doesn't hurt to talk to someone. And I know in most cultures and in the black community, talking, sharing what happens in your household is a no-no. We need to change that language. It should be a yes and a yes, I need help. All right. This is how domestic violence goes silent and no one knows what's going on until that person who is suffering and living with it either ends up in the hospital or in the grave. And this is what we need to stop. So on that, I want to say thank you for those who are listening and being a part of the Soul Tribe. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe and rate the shows. If you haven't listened to past shows, please do so. Um, This is our first season and we're getting close to closing out the first season. So you can readily play catch up while we're setting up for season two. But definitely subscribe, join. Um, You can email me, dc at thesoulfuleclectic.com. You can also come to my Facebook page and my Instagram page. The Facebook page is um, Soulful Eclectic with DC. And then my Instagram page is The Soulful Eclectic. Uh, So please send me your feedback. Rate the show. Subscribe. Share. Uh, We have some valuable information that someone needs to hear. And if we can just reach one, two people, then we've done our job. Thank you so much. Namaste.